On this episode, Jennifer ruins our lives with the Great British Bake Off. On your mark, get set. Bake! Welcome to Ruin My Life, a podcast about forcing your friends to like the things you like. I'm Jason Edwards. I'm Kelsey Goldman. And we have a special guest here today, don't we, Kelsey? We do. With us in the studio <laughs> is Jennifer Harlan. Hey, Hi, guys. Jen. Hi, Jen. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing pretty well. How about you? Good. Thanks for joining us here. Thanks for having me. It's been a long time in the, in the planning. It's been a long time coming. <laughs> Thanks for bringing us cake. I mean, it seemed only appropriate. You can't, you really can't watch or talk about the Great I, British Bake Off without baked goods. Before we get ahead of ourselves, Jennifer, I have a question. Who are you? It's a big question. How, how did you come into <laughs> our lives? Uh, well, I came into Kelsey's life uh, many, many years ago. We have known each other since sixth grade. We went to middle school, high we lived, school, we lived through Hebrew our, school, Sunday school. <laughs> our rough, rough middle school days together. Indeed. Kelsey has known me since before I, I had met a hair straightener when I, <laughs> when I still had the worst acne known to mankind. I had braces, glasses, and bangs. Not just glasses, but glasses with transition lenses, which oh. made me a, a big hit. Wow. For yeah. a 13-year-old. You guys have come so far. Class we yeah. have. Jennifer, your hair is so lovely. Kelsey, your skin is flawless. <laughs> we both know that's not true. The glow up <laughs> is real. <laughs> the, the glow up is real. I just have, I just have different problems now. <laughs> My acne's gone. Non, well, different dermatological <laughs> problems. <laughs> yeah, we, we, we glowed up. We glowed up? I think so. Glowing up? We have, we have glown. <laughs> the Rugrats all glown up. Is that anything? <laughs> is that anything? I'm sorry, this is not my Is that your Netflix place. pitch anyway, for this week? <laughs> or your HBO pitch for this week? Anyway, you were saying. I was saying. Um, so yeah, Kelsey and I grew up together in Louisville, Kentucky, and have known each other through... Go Cats. Many mm, mm, mm. go cards L one C four. She's wrong. Oh no! I am correct. You've, oh, you've, you've, you've you you stumbled. We need know. to retreat. You've stumbled into contentious territory here. How did you not warn me about this? I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Oh, I thought God. you knew. She's brainwashed you. I thought you, for you sure should come over to no, the. You have been brainwashed. To the right side. You weren't even born there. <gasps> anyway, cake. Well. <laughs> but we're okay. Yeah, we're, we're cool. We should, um, can we at least like put this in the back burner for the episode? We will set aside our is differences. Is it going to be okay? It's going to be fine. And is there a better like baking-centric metaphor I could have used aside from back burner? <laughs> That's more of a stove thing. In the proving I mean, drawer. Can we put this in the we'll proving drawer? We'll put it drawer? in the proving drawer. <laughs> or as Americans would know it. I don't what? know if that's a good idea, cause, because though, then, then it's going to balloon. Oh, no. <laughs> it's just going to grow the longer we We just have to take to it out the very it. moment it reaches its peak. <laughs> Let it sink back down. Yeah. <laughs> Punch it down. Punch it down. So that's who Jen is. Well, what? Yeah. And you're also you're a writer. And I am a a writer mm-hmm. and a a journalist um, by night. <laughs> <laughs> Jennifer Harlan, journalist by, by night. Well, it's true because normally people say like day job by day, personal pursuits by night. But I work nights, so I am a blogger, writer, consumer of coffee and British television by day and a. And a journalist by night. 
nice guest we hooked this time. <laughs> Cassie. <laughs> okay, enough. enough. Uh, this has all been very nice, but let's get down to the serious business about what we're here to talk about. Jennifer, what is the Great British Bake Off? The Great British Bake Off is a masterpiece of television <laughs> programming. It is a reality competition like no other. <laughs> it is a British television show that's been around for eight seasons now and has been airing in the U.S. for four now, I believe. It features 10 at the beginning, at the start. There are 10. First episode is, oh, I guess, oh, it is 12. You're right. A dozen. A dozen. A baker's dozen. No, no, that's 13. No, a dozen bakers. A dozen uh, (laughs) of the best, 12 of the best amateur bakers in Great Britain are chosen. Um, And then in every episode features a signature bake. Um, Every week has a theme, I should say. So there's bread week, cake week, pastry week, cookies and tray bakes week, etc., um, there's a signature bake, which is usually a it's a recipe that the bakers are maybe familiar with. Then there is a technical challenge where they are given a surprise recipe from either Mary Berry or Paul Hollywood, who are the two judges on the show. There's a time constraint, and they have to bake this. And usually, especially if it's a Paul recipe, there are parts of the instructions that are eliminated because Paul likes to mess with people. And then there is the showstopper challenge, which, much like the name suggests, should be a dazzling display of the best of their abilities in whatever the week's theme is. And it is hosted, or was hosted, until recently by Sue and Mel. And I should say until recently, I guess, judged by Paul and Mary, since there was a bit of a scandal in the UK last year when the production company that creates it um, decided to move it from the BBC to a cable channel, which caused quite an uproar since it's, it is a, a... cable channel or is it just a different channel? It's that's not the No, BBC? it's definitely... The uproar was because it's one that you have to pay, pay for. for. And so, yeah, so the backlash and the reason that Mel, Sue, and Mary all left the show was because they felt that um, they were making it inaccessible to the general viewing public. And then, so every week a baker is eliminated and then in the finale, the last three compete to be crowned the best amateur baker in Britain for that year. And the prize is a cake stand, a bouquet of flowers, and pride. It's one, it's one of those competition shows where there's really no reward. No, it's just for the the honor <laughs> of being named. <laughs> Weirdly, the only like thing I can think of that fits that same category off the top of my head is those like naked and afraid shows <laughs> on I don't do they on the Travel Channel? Uh, maybe. Have you seen these? Do you know what I'm talking about, though? I've seen spoofs of them. I've never actually watched the show. Oh, my dad is obsessed with these shows. <laughs> they take two people, strip them naked, let them bring one item into the basically like the most harshest conditions on earth, and they just put them out there for like a month, and they just fight to survive. And if you win, you don't get anything. You just haven't died. There's no died. prize at There's the no end prize. of Naked and Afraid. No. <laughs> yeah, it's all just for the thrill of it. Your prize is just that you get to get dressed and go back yes, to you civilization. Did, you, you get to live is basically <laughs> all you get out of it. Um, and that's the same level of drama they bring to baking mm-hmm. in the Great British Bake Off. It is a mouthful. It is a mouthful. And I, I keep getting tripped up because for our American listeners on this side of the pond, it was aired on PBS under the Great British Baking Show mm-hmm. as a title. Apparently, Pillsbury holds the American copyright for the term Bake Off. I don't know what they use it for, but... <laughs> just sitting in some back room clicking dust. got it in dust. their back pocket. Yeah. Um, yes, I, so a, it is. It's a, it's a frustrating name, not just because it makes naming which series or, or season an episode comes from, because it's aired differently in the States, mm-hmm. but also 
the Great British Bake Off, as tough as it is for me for some reason to say, is a fine name. The Great British Baking Show is a nonsense, nothing, stupid garbage name. It's also Indeed. harder to say. The Great British Baking Show. It also it goes from like grandiose to like obnoxiously vague. <laughs> to like as yeah, as non-specific as possible. It's the grandest of all the shows that are about baking <laughs> in Britain. And that's all we know. I do really enjoy, though, in the seasons that have aired, both in the UK and the US, um, how awkwardly they try to Photoshop the cake stand and, like, any (laughs) materials that have the real name of the show on it so that you can't tell that it's, that, like, when they actually shot it, the cake stand said, Great Great British British Bake Off. Oh, they changed it. I noticed it looks really weird in the finale. Is that why that is? Yeah, because it's Photoshop. It's CGI. They really, wow, they really think we're that stupid. That we couldn't handle. No, I mean, I wouldn't. I don't really blame them. Um, I did also forget to mention that every episode they also name a star baker who is the the best. And they also name a winner of the technical challenge. Yeah. But, you know, much like the competition itself, there's no real reward for no, these it things. No, is, it is simply pride. You get a little <laughs> pin to wear on your apron the next week. Oh, do you? I never noticed At that. At least in season four and onward, I think. It's like a little sheriff's badge. I never, no- literally never noticed that. <laughs> also, and this is true, if you win the the competition as a whole, if you're not getting eliminated before the last episode, if you win but do not collect a Star Baker pin on your way there, you cannot win the competition and you do die. <laughs> this is true. It's kind of like uh, the old Sonic the Hedgehog games where you get to the end and you can beat the final boss, but if you don't have all the Chaos Emeralds, you don't really get the full ending. So you've lost me because I had no video games in my house growing up. Mm, was, so. that, was that tough? Not as tough as the fact that we were not allowed to watch any television except for PBS until I was in seventh grade. Oh, no. So when I got to college, my freshman year roommate discovered this fact about me and then embarked on a like crash course in 90s TV education because there was a lot of pop culture Listen, you've never material seen television. that I was missing out on. Let me show you the worst possible collection of material like, in the there's world. this show called Real Monsters and <laughs> Real Legends Monsters. of the Hidden Temple and... Anything that comes on an orange VHS tape. <laughs> I had no... I mean, I'd seen... Like, I saw Rugrats um, oh, so at friends' houses and at Sunday school, <laughs> which houses. always... This was what made me angry is that I would come home and be like, Mom, they showed us Rugrats at Hebrew school. What could possibly be so bad about it that I can watch it at Sunday school but not at home? <laughs> I can watch it at shul but not at <laughs> home. It's rabbi approved. <laughs> what was your parents reasoning for not letting you watch tv well angelica was too mean to the she other didn't babies. like the way angelica treated the other babies and mainly <laughs> the way they explained it to us was that more than the television itself they didn't want us seeing all the commercials and then coming constantly being like i want this new toy i want this new barbie and yet we still wanted those things because we went to school with other human beings and they talked about kids from wanting the, toys no yeah. but we were allowed to watch PBS because it had no commercials and it was supposed to be educational. Does it feel in some way important that when this series aired in, TV, in America, it aired on PBS? I mean, I do. I feel like my, my heart called to it because it, it spoke to something you, deep within me. Do you feel in some way this conversation we're having now represents you coming full circle in a sense? I, I think maybe it does. Would you say that your entire life has been, been leading to this, to this moment? moment? Would you say that? Could you say that? I mean, I could. I this is this podcast is bringing up a lot of existential <laughs> questions for me. Listen, we'll go off the record. 
I mean, I don't know. I don't know, man. I don't even know how to answer this um, question. In a classic Kelsey transition. Anyway. Uh, Jen, Jen, to trademark that. <laughs> when did you start watching The Great British Bake Off? So I first really became aware of it when I was living in Paris and working at a cake shop there. The year after I graduated from college, I lived. Oh, yeah. Jen has actual practical experience am, when it I comes am a, to this. I'm retired from the cake, the professional cake biz, <laughs> as it were. Um, you got to get out on top, you know. <laughs> but I, I worked in a cake shop, mostly front of house, but I also worked in the kitchen uh, every week. And there were a lot of uh, expat, like, Brits and also French people who there who were obsessed with this show that they kept talking about called Bake Off. Um, but I could never watch it because it wasn't available on France. in <laughs> France or on I didn't I couldn't watch anything on BBC iPlayer because I wasn't British. And so I'd been hearing about it and also it was all over Tumblr and the corners of the internet that I frequent tend to like british and baking things so and then when they finally put the first season on netflix um which is i guess about a year ago i was like oh i i should give this a try i've been hearing about it and i ended up watching i think the entire season in one day <laughs> maybe two but that, it was a lot that is we should mention 10 hours <laughs> it's, it's a lot of television program. i just i fell down this rabbit hole and and i sucked my roommate into it too and by the end of the day, we were just sitting on the couch watching British people make cake. This is exactly what happened with me and Stephanie last weekend. <laughs> it, it sucks you in. And the thing is, I don't, I'm generally not a fan of reality TV. Like, Same. I don't or, watch any I, of the the Kardashians, the Housewives, the Bachelor Nation. The, and I don't really like American cooking reality shows. Like, the, like, Cutthroat Kitchen or the Chopped Gordon, or the any Gordon of those. Ramsay. Uh, Oeuvre. Thank you, um, but I but I love Bake Off because it feels very different from American reality TV in that there isn't that it feels much more real in a way and that because there isn't that like manufactured drama there's no like sabotaging the other contestants deliberately and so it's like the one reality show that I really love this is sort of what I want to get into because if you describe the premise of the great british bake-off aka the great british baking show mm -hmm. to anyone they might not understand why it's so popular it is and it is like it hugely is, it is popular. a cultural phenomenon mm -hmm. in britain more than like any reality show here mm -hmm. it's like it's like i don't even know what to compare it to there's not because it's, it's watched <laughs> by everyone from I what would I say can tell, it's maybe a major touchstone in it's Britain. sort of like like I know about Bake Off because I watch the Big Fat Quiz of the Year every year, and they always talk about Bake Off. It's I think it's sort of like the first season of American Idol is the closest I can come, where it's something mm. that's so present in the national conversation and something that everyone is watching, is talking about, is following, but it has remained that way like across the season. So I think it really, from what I've read about it, I've. So the it didn't start airing in the U.S. until series four, and apparently series three was the one where it really started to pick up steam and become this national phenomenon. But it has remained a huge like cultural touchstone um, to the point that that's why there was this huge uproar when it moved off of public broadcasting and onto a cable channel because it felt like this is like a a piece of our culture that should belong to everyone, and now you're taking it away. That's a good point of reference, actually, yeah. because it's to imagine a world where 
like because I remember and I was you know I was not super involved in this but I was culturally aware enough at the time to understand what was happening to remember all the all the discourse and discussion and excitement around American Idol season one mm-hmm. and to imagine a world where that continued instead of American Idol you know slowly sliding into irrelevance the way it's done in our reality mm-hmm. to where it's now like landed on a totally different network it is really quite something I mean I pulled up the ratings from some of the series of Great British Bake Off and I don't really know how many like because it's several million people per episode I don't really know what that means in Britain in terms of how many people would normally watch TV but it seems to get the BBC BBC two weekly ranking like number one basically from the second series onward mm-hmm. which I believe means it's the most watched show on that channel that week that would make sense yeah and that's a lot because in Britain there's like four channels <laughs> <laughs> so I use the word Britain sort of interchangeably with UK and all that. No, 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 that's, I know it's not right. Just you just can't use England. That's, that's what I did earlier. Yeah. Oh no, is that? Well, I, we don't want to get into that. Yeah. You guys are gonna have to educate me like fully on that, and I don't think that's. <laughs> Kelsey really was good. correct. I should have said Britain. <laughs> so yeah, I'm sort of curious as to like why exactly it's so popular. Because again, it is that popular. And then if you go on, you know, I, I sort of only did my tone to this this morning. If you go on Tumblr. Mm-hmm. sort of venture into the, the Great British Bake Off fandom in there. It is exactly like a fandom for any other kind of TV show that like gets really popular on the internet. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's a certain you know, group of people that will build a fandom around pretty much anything. And that's kind of what's happening here. But also it is a legitimately super popular program. Yeah. And it's amazing to me that a show about baking cakes that has really no drama to it mm-hmm. and is very sort of plainly and like almost gently presented it's can very, inspire such fervor it's very earnest because as i watched it and oh we should mention that you had us watch series three season season three, season three. sorry season three series six. of the great british baking yeah. show which isn't yeah was series six excuse me sorry this is what i'm talking about i can't it keep is, up with all these numbers amazing. ah you had us watch series six uh, all 10 episodes and i just sort of briefly uh delve into my feelings on this he was reluctant skeptical <laughs> i was indeed skeptical when you when I, when you Where, told us we needed to watch all 10 episodes i said no way jose <laughs> whereas i was like i've been waiting to do this podcast for like a year <laughs> would you say that perhaps your entire life maybe has been leading to this, to this moment, this moment. <laughs> yes um but it does it did pull me in and it is entertaining my my feeling is basically that the structure of the show is very strong in that it's the way it's built first of all with the three act structure of every episode mm-hmm. draws you in because the first one is just a thing that the bakers are good at so you're seeing them do something that they have probably baked before mm-hmm. and since they're you know the best am- amateur bakers in britain it, it is very impressive to see them do these things but then after they do that, you get the technical, which is always my favorite part of the entire episode. Because <laughs> they're often baking a thing that, will, a, they, first of all, is being deliberately obscured from them in some way by, by Paul Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Or but, Mary Berry. Or Mary Berry, that's true. She's underhanded sometimes. They both she, leave things she's out. She's sneaky. She's <laughs> sneaker than you might think. And it, it's also things that they may have never baked before at all. Or never, never even, even heard of. never even heard of, yeah. And seeing them, and they're often very, very good, but seeing them sort of fail in this way is... Uh, pretty pretty humorous. It is still astonishing to me, and I've watched all four of the seasons that are on Netflix now, and some illegally on YouTube as oh. well. Um, how well the technical challenge bakes turn out, given that they have no 
Like they don't even know what this dessert is supposed to look like. And sometimes, especially when you get into the later weeks when it's these more elaborate like pastries and things to... My favorite one was the like the the, the bread from Cyprus that he I don't know if that was mm-hmm. in se- series season three that we watched or if it wasn't because I watched more than what was required. I think it was the with the cheese and the, the cheese sesame, and the seeds, sesame on seeds on the outside and the cheese filling, <laughs> and they're all just like I have no fucking clue. <laughs> and you get through that, and you get to see that sort of. There's a bit of. It's not. It humanizes everyone. It humanizes them. Thank you. That's a very good way of putting it. It's not Schadenfreude. You're not enjoying seeing them fail. It's just fun to see them swing and miss. Is off. It's very amusing sometimes the way that happens, and the way them give it their best go. <laughs> well, I feel like I feel like the judging of that particular section also very much helps that because it's not like if you fail the technical challenge, you will be eliminated. Often, like you can fail the technical challenge and, and still win. Still win Star Baker. You can win. Me- you can lose many technical. Come in last in many technical challenges and win the, the whole, whole season. season. Yes. Mm. Um, and I think also, so the way that the technical challenge is judged, the Mary and Paul don't know which bake belongs to which baker. So it does feel very objective and fair and they're not, it's not like a, a fault of character in any of the yeah. the bakers, which is also part of what I like about it is that the the judging does, tends to feel like fair and like they're not trying to, they're not trying to manufacture drama in any of it they're not gonna like i mean paul does love to do the the dramatic (laughs) pause and like fuck with people's heads but um but it's it's endearing to a point (laughs) but they also like and if if he's being harsh mary will find something nice to say about, about the bake and it um it doesn't feel like they're like trying to like make people cry to like have like a like better ratings or make it more more, a more compelling anyway, like manufactured you narrative you weren't done on the no, no this, this is an important thoughts. thing to get into because the <laughs> judging is is another element of what makes it so unique and successful because they are very even-handed and sort of nice and gentle but also fair mm-hmm. in a way that makes the criticisms land like not harsher but more solidly solidly yeah you 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 understand what they're saying and why they're saying it and you can sort of usually tell that the bakers get that it's it's typically constructive criticism in a way, even mm-hmm. in like at their most harsh. I also ask someone who loves to bake and who has baked in a professional and also a lot in a like personal capacity. I find that I learn a lot about baking from watching the show because they explain like why it is that they're not just like this cake is bad. But they're like, oh, you use too much raising agent. So it's yeah. bad because it tastes bitter because yeah. you have or like, oh, it's you let it it's overproved. And so the the texture is, is too close. Like yeah. they explain. I feel like you even if you're not maybe that's just because I have a baking background. So I'm already conversant in some of the vocabulary of it. But I feel like they do. They try and do a good job of not just being like dish. You, you're like, your cake sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> analyzing and explaining why things when i was watching like the first couple episodes i was sort of like live texting you Mm -hmm. um you said to me i think what's really great about it is that the person who goes home is all it's almost always the person you feel should go home Mm -hmm. like it's not it you feel like okay like they made the right choice and i also don't think i've ever seen an episode where the person who goes home is like that's totally unfair like it should have been someone else like because the judging like you oh and you always have a sense by the end of the episode of who it is that should go home because like the judging is is consistent mm-hmm. and there's no like oh we're gonna keep this person even though the, their bakes were bad because they create drama or like yeah. any of that stuff mm. which it's really no producer pick. frustrates me <laughs> in almost all other reality oh, tv oh yes as 
as people who watch The Bachelor every week. Cool. Yes. This is part oh of why I, I just can't watch it because it just it annoy it just I annoys me. We can't me. do it in a, a alone setting. It has to be in a bar with more people. <laughs> there might be another reason <laughs> why this system. is so um, pleasant to watch and comforting in a way is that the judging seems to be based in reality. Yeah, and yes. understandable <laughs> like cause and effect, mm-hmm. and you get the feeling that people actually do succeed based on skill and merit instead of what what's yeah. so often happens in other in like american reality shows people you know there seems to be no connection between what's actually happening and who's getting sent home yeah. mm-hmm. and i i like that i like that the judging is consistent i can predict what's going to happen with the judging like i like that mm-hmm. whereas like most people would say that's a bad thing but like um i'm gonna spoil some stuff for you jason if you in, intend to watch other seasons like in season four or season one there's one of the seasons that i watched there's it's season one because Diana and Ian both go home that mm-hmm. one week. Yeah. Um, and they sent someone home the next week and the next week. And they got to a point and they were like, we don't know who we're going to send home. It was really, really hard. And then when they're talking it out and I was like, they're not going to send anyone home because two people went home one week. They're not going to send anyone home because everyone did so good. And then they didn't send anyone home and it was amazing. <laughs> I was like, they, they have to get to 10 episodes. Yeah, that was a season where um, there was a baker who had to leave the competition like halfway through because of health issues apparently. Mm-hmm. So. But I was just really excited that, like, I, I said, like, halfway through the episode that they weren't going to send anyone home. And, and then, then you were, yeah. <laughs> well, because, and that's, that's the thing is that they won't send someone home just for the sake of, like, we, ha- because we have to. Yeah, they, there's always a reason behind it. Mm-hmm. Mary Berry and Paul Hollywood also both do have, like, they are qualified to mm-hmm. judge a baking competition. They're not just, Kelsey, you and I were talking about this, like, it's not, it's not like Paul Hollywood is just, uh, you thought he was maybe just like, oh, some, like, celebrity chef, but, like. He actually is like he grew up in a bakery. Like he's, he's a baker. He's a famous baker. <laughs> Mary Berry is an institution in the UK, yeah. and like for... they are like celebrities, obviously, mm-hmm. but like they have the correct backgrounds, which I think, even in food, just because someone's a chef doesn't mean they know how to bake. Mm-hmm. That's very true, and I think also I think it the structure where they have two judges and two who are not also the two hosts helps yeah. with that because then mm-hmm. you have people who are experienced and qualified to judge the baking. Who aren't also responsible for being the like humor and color mm-hmm. and making all the baking puns? Yeah, because Mel and Sue, I do feel, are kind of like the audience surrogate in that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, and that they're like, it tastes good. Doesn't matter. It tastes good. <laughs> well, I I'll also, eat it. <laughs> and I love this is sort of this is sort of to another point of why I love it is that they're all. Like, if something goes wrong, Mel and Sue will, like, try to pitch in and help. Yeah. And also that the, the bakers, bakers, will, the bakers pitch will pitch in and help yeah. each other. There's no, like, the thing that I hate with a lot of American cooking reality shows is that it's very cutthroat. Yeah. Not just on Cutthroat Kitchen, but on many of the shows. Mm-hmm. And on Bake Off, it really feels like everyone, like, even though they know one person wants to, has to go home every week. And obviously everyone wants to win the whole thing. They also are very supportive and like will help if stuff goes wrong and uh, and in fact a lot of the cast members then like they do actually become friends yeah. the in season four especially like that cast is constantly like posting photos on twitter of them hanging yeah, out together and it just makes me really happy that they um they all and I, like, and I think part of want to, that to comes from the fact that there isn't a prize a monetary prize yeah. yeah i mean and just getting on there and making it to probably like episode four or five is like exposure enough that you're gonna like probably get something out mm-hmm. of it um you know because there isn't a monetary prize if you make it onto the show you you're like you really have one yeah in a way even if you go out in the first week you can you still have to make it past a lot of people yeah. to get 
in the tent, as it were. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Jason, you were still you were talking about your theories when we interrupted uh, you the only, again. You know, no, the only thing no, no, the only thing I have to say more about the judging is how much I enjoy the judging in terms of specifically the technical challenge, because again, the bakers are standing there watching their items be judged, but you know, Paul and Mary don't know who's they're judging. Mm-hmm. But of course, the cameras keep cutting back to the actual contestant. And there's almost sort of a, a, a Kuleshov effect thing going on, <laughs> where the, the sometimes, like particularly Ian in this, um, Ian or the, the contestant Paul in, in Series 6, they're sort of stone-faced the entire time. Mm-hmm. But based on what Paul or Mary are saying about their you items, like read things into you, their you faces. project yeah. emotions on their faces. <laughs> like, oh, he looks so upset about that. They're tearing him apart. And really, he's just staring blankly ahead the way he always was. It is funny that in this season in particular, you have people with very expressive faces <laughs> so that I think the people who are more stone-faced stand out more because they're not like Nadia and Flora, especially <laughs> Nadia is there's so many gifs put... of her on the internet. because She has <laughs> the best facial expressions and reactions. Flora, to just, Flora just ca- almost constantly looks like worried and puzzled at the mm-hmm. same time. She's always like, like she's way. trying to like pull her face <laughs> off. She's like anxiously massaging her own forehead. <laughs> Nadia has a little bit of that too, in yeah. a way that like, I'm I'm glad, very glad she won for a lot of reasons, but I was stressed out a bit watching her throughout the rest of the season, just because she has very intense eyebrows, which I'm, <laughs> you know, again very pro that. When they come, the third part of the episode, the third act rather, mm-hmm. the show is the showstopper, which is really just what it sounds like. It's all out, go big, go full cake boss in this thing. Yeah, build up the wackiest thing you can possibly build. Go big and maybe go home. Yeah, yeah. For some, someone is going home. And most of the time. Most of the, most of the time. <laughs> barring uh, special... Special dispensation. Special dispensation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Kelsey. You're welcome. And yeah, I think it's part of that is it really pulls you along. And my other main thought about the structure is the way that I really enjoyed early on how many contestants there were. So it was sort of like... Cause it's a very sort of... Not like dull concept, but it's, it's not... There's not a lot of high drama inherent in what's going on. Mm-hmm. But because they have... So many people on the show. It's twelve to begin with, right? Yeah, a dozen yeah. bakers, not a, a, ba- ba- not a, not a baker's dozen. dozen, a dozen bakers, a dozen bakers. <laughs> um, and because they clearly pick people who are, you know, not drama prone, but are usually very endearing. Mm-hmm. So you have twelve people to like sort of cut back and forth between at, at, at you know, at, at a high speed. You get a lot of content to really like entertain you, like, and and then also you're seeing twelve very talented bakers produce twelve individual pieces that are like usually interesting how varied they are and how good they look and it's it really it helps it like my first thought when the first episode was over was that was fast like mm-hmm. it, even yeah. for someone like me who and like, each episode is an hour long yeah, yeah. and I, I have you know very little interest in baking shows i'm not against them i just don't choose to watch them most of the time it it, it, it goes down very smooth is the best way to put mm-hmm. it there's no there's never a dull moment which is off for such a quiet show i think the number of bakers is at the beginning is very important because like i'm gonna draw another parallel to the bachelor but like we had like 30 girls during nick season at the first the first episode like that's so many you don't know who anybody is Mm -hmm. you can't spend time with them they all fucking look the same (laughs) (laughs) um i think the like the sort of like casting process here the fact that there's 12 of them which is like Enough to keep you entertained, but not so many that they lose personality. I was just going to, I was going to say the exact same thing. Uh, (laughs) It's enough that there is enough, like, there's enough people to cut between so that it keeps your interest, but it's a small enough number that you 
can get to know each of them. all of them and then become mm-hmm. invested. And we should say in the first episode, they give you a little, a little background. background about yeah. each character, like where they're from. You each see character. like a clip of them. They're people. <laughs> Contestant. <laughs> a little clip of them in their environment. And then in the last episode, much like The Bachelor, The Bachelorette, you get sort of a hometown where they go <laughs> to their home and they interview Usually it's a family member. Sometimes it's yeah. their kids. Sometimes it's their sibling or their hus- or their spouse. Um, in this, and then in you... this series, you meet Ian's adorable kids yeah. and uh, Nadia's very stern, unemotional <laughs> husband. Oh, no. I love her. I think her husband's so nice. He's like, he's so supportive. And he's like the one who was like, you should do this for you. Like, I will take care of the kids. Go do this. She's funny to go from... Um, the, the other two finalists, they have families that are just like, like almost in the, the point of tears how much they're supporting them. That's true. And you see Nadia's husband, he's like, clearly just sort of a very reserved guy. Yeah. He's I, like, yeah, boy, it's been it's been uh, tough here without her. I'm, I'm having the big dinners. And, also, I know, think he was probably exhausted from having to, because they have three, <laughs> they have three young children. children and like, to have to be, because it's, what, she, they go home during the weeks, young. but then they, every, while the show is shooting, they have to go and stay. She's 30 and at this young kids. Yeah. <laughs> they have, they go and they stay at yeah. the castle with the tent all weekend, which means yeah. that her husband was home alone with all three children all weekend, which yeah. would be exhausting for anyone. Yeah. That's another thing I like about the show, just very briefly, is that they, they go home. They, yeah. yeah. They go week. home every week. <laughs> they're, not, they're not stuck in this tent for, well, for, well, this is also I think to a, what you were saying about the structure. I think the way it's set up, it sort of it tests three very different skills. Like I like that the signature challenge and the showstopper are both things that they've had time to plan and practice for. So you feel like they're they're being set up for success as much as they can. But then you do still have the technical challenge, which is a more like typical reality show challenge, mm-hmm. I guess, where something is like thrown at them and they have to react within a time. There's a time constraint for every challenge, but. Well, and I think um, that, like, the whole thing with them going home, there's not that manufactured drama of them all having to live in the same place mm-hmm. for an extended period yeah. of time. Because, like, on the American version of this show, which I guess technically there is, but you know what I mean, <laughs> they would be living in that big castle. Together, yes. yes. Together for all, for the, all ten, ten weeks. weeks. There yeah. would be hidden cameras. Whereas <laughs> in this show, we don't even really give so much time with that castle. Like, we never no. see what's inside Just of it. Tent. I was very disappointed well, for a panoramic second. Shot. When, when they In the opening shot of this season, they go, they, they you know, they sort of, yeah, they, they have, a, I guess, what's maybe a helicopter or possibly a drone shot drone of the uh, the castle. Then behind it, a little white tent. <laughs> and that's where you'll be spending your time. Well, in um, in the first season I was reading, they actually took the tent to different parts of Britain each week. Oh, and that. it was that sort sounds of like so weird. thematic. <laughs> um, they baked around Britain. Yeah, mm. they traveled through. It truly was the great mm. British baking program. There you go. That would have even been better than, than baking show. Than baking show. Yeah, at least keep it like British sounding. <laughs> you could even throw the extra Emmy on there. Yeah, sure. Why not? Come on, fuck it. We're already doing <laughs> you this. Love that shit. <laughs> and it does. It goes fast. Each episode goes fast. Mm-hmm. I'm like, there's not more. I want there to be more. And then by the end, when you are down to fewer people, and even like I think um, it was I had this thought, and then it was verbalized on the show by Tamal that it's so quiet in the kitchen <laughs> by like the last few uh, yeah. episodes but by then you've grown invested in the characters sorry yeah. people they're not characters like, <laughs> they're why, people. why is that so hard it really <laughs> the is bakers. the bakers the bakers <laughs> and, and so now you actually like like them and want to spend more time with them yeah. which is mm-hmm. a very I guess basic part of the conceit mm-hmm. but it really works in this in a way it doesn't work and like again The Bachelor is again a, a very like a, like a, a version of like this casting process on amphetamines like yeah. it's it's like goes from 30 girls to to two but uh, a similar thing like you don't really get a sense of 
I mean, I'm just sort of soured on The Bachelor a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> so we have some issues. The entire experience of watching it is if a little bit. You want to hear us be happy about The Bachelor? Go listen to our episode about it. That's before, before Sunny, it turned on happier us. times. The Bachelor episode, <laughs> I think, is one of our first in a long line of, of us sort of publicly pronouncing our love for things, only to have them immediately be proven problematic in some way that we didn't So realize. cross your fingers about The Great British Bake Off. Oh, God, oh, guys. No. Oh, gosh. <laughs> This is true. If you all ruin the Great British <laughs> Bake Off for It me. might happen. A month ago, we did an episode, um, the Kanye West episode. I'm, I talked about the new Migos song. And I, I even had a point where I was like, guys, I like Migos. Migos is good now. I love Migos. And the next day, something came out about something bad that I won't go into that one of the Migos members said in a song. And there was a mini controversy about it. And I was like, I had to cut that part out of the episode. <laughs> So it happens that fast. Like before this is over, I mean, check Twitter right now. Something might be going down with with Paul Hollywood right now. <laughs> Don't check Twitter, Kelsey. That was that Don't was do that it. was not Don't a real command. No, I think I think we're safe because we're outside of America. I think we maybe only have effects because we did not ruin we did not ruin Miss Fisher. That's true. Miss Fisher's still good. It's true, but they're also <laughs> not producing true. new episodes of Miss Fisher in the moment. <sighs> <laughs> very upsetting anyway okay. happy thoughts happy thoughts happy, happy thoughts, thoughts, happy thoughts. Um, but back to to the casting I think also part of what makes it good is that it's not like I'm sure there is some thought that goes into it in terms of having because they I think they probably do aim to have a pretty diverse cast in terms mm-hmm. of and not not just in terms of gender and like race or ethnicity but also in terms of age, age yeah. which is part of what I really like it like the bakers often range from like 16, 17 to 70 yeah so you have all these people being like these are the cookies i make for my grandchildren when they come over for tea these Um, are the cookies that my nan taught me to make two years ago um but i also (laughs) i like that like they're they're not really casting it seems like based on personality but on like you do have to prove a level of technical skill in order to i think yeah you have to prove a level of technical skill i think they are probably looking for charisma mm-hmm. like i do think you, they want likable people you need and you need people who are going to be comfortable on camera being on camera um but i don't i don't think it's like they are picking people to cause drama no. and like i think those final episodes are also fun too because by that time like they also have relationships with each other mm-hmm. mm. that they didn't have at the beginning like tamal and nadia's relationships was one of my favorite things i love it i know they were like brother sister brother sister like well, I, th- I think cute. it is true what so sue and mel take turns at the end of each episode one of them will announce star baker and then one of the other one announces he's going home and as it goes on whichever one of them has to send someone home always says you know like this gets harder and harder every mm. week as we get to know you all and i think it's, it's true not just for them but also for the viewers you get really yeah. attached over cake like and you hear that in a lot of reality shows but it really rings true in this in a way it doesn't <laughs> it does. usually when, when mel or sue says that they they feel bad about having to do because they go back and forth whenever they say they have the bad job this week yeah i do but i do believe they are they are sad about it i i yeah i do too over cakes over cakes. it's all over cake it's not even it's not even mostly cakes i don't know why i think yeah. of cakes when i think it's of not even show. really it's like a i think the success of the great british <laughs> it's like a metaphor for baking because you like put all of these elements in and like very specific amounts you have like the casting and the structure of the show all these things but then you put it in oven and some sort of like chemical alchemical magic happens and from all of this like powder and liquids that you throw in this beautiful delicious dessert comes out or bread or bread (laughs) the end end. we can stop now (laughs) no what what a a lovely way to sum it up though what a a, a great way to 
Fantastic. Do you... I do love a good extended metaphor. <laughs> uh, speaking of the casting, do we want to touch on sort of the response to the winner of our mm-hmm. series, which, spoiler alert, was in fact Nadia. Nadia Hussein. Yeah. Um, so part of the reason that I picked, I agonized a lot over which season to assign you guys because I love all of them. Um, but part of the reason that I picked this season was a, because I really like the bakers on it, but also because it was a very big deal in the UK when it aired. Um, Nadia was a, a fan favorite and there were a lot of people who were very excited about her winning and also about her and Tamal being two of the three finalists, um, because they felt it was sort of this this like reflection of the modern UK that the greatest British baker could be an immigrant from Bangladesh or like could be a person of color, could be a woman wearing a, a headscarf. And at the same time, there was also a racist, uh, racist <laughs> a racist backlash among then this was pre-Brexit, but not that long before and was pretty much definitely the same like xenophobic anti-immigrant people who were either convinced that it was a conspiracy and it was rigged and that the BBC had made her win just so they could appeal to like the PC crowd or the liberal elite. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Or, and all the, and people being like, she's not, she's not really British. Like Mm. she can't, so she shouldn't win. But I do, I do feel like the show, the casting does represent this, what Britain is like, Mm -hmm. like they do a really good job. Like you had in season four, you had in the top ten or the top five, I guess it was mm-hmm. like Selassie, who was an internet uh, immigrant from Ghana, mm-hmm. um, Benjamino, whose family I think had been in Britain for a long time, but which was, he is black. Yeah, he's black and originally from I think the Caribbean, possibly. I, I don't know. So. <laughs> um, I don't remember what she said. Um, and then like you know, like a old an old white lady, mm-hmm. and you know, um, like a a sort of. Candace's family, like, she grew up in a pub. Like, she was definitely, like... Working class. Working class. And then, like, Andrew's family was, I'm going to say, not working class. I don't know what specifically, (laughs) but, like, they they do, like... I really feel like they have done a good job being, like, this is what Britain looks like. Mm -hmm. And all these people can bake. (laughs) Oh, and I should mention, with um, season three slash series five, which is the one you watched, that it wasn't just two people of color, but um, Tamal is also gay. So you have queer representation and people of color being represented. And then you have a, a white dude, yeah. straight white dude, you know. married, three kids. <laughs> he's a stay-at-home dad. This is true. On the second season slash fifth series, the the final was all women, and there was, like, all this stuff saying it was, like, rigged and, like, that, you know, Paul Hollywood, like, liked certain bakers better, so he picked them. Because they were, like, pretty and young. Yeah. And, yeah. And even though no one said anything when two seasons before that, the final was all male, no one said anything. It was a three Mary white... Barry Mary Barry favorited was, that, saucy minx. It was, young man. it was three white dudes and no one said anything. So yeah, I think, you know... It's a self-saucing bud, that one. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think there, there's always going to be controversy, but I think the show does a good job of, like, representing Britain as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Jennifer. Yes. I'm going to move on to a, a couple more questions here. Okay. Just to sort of see if we can, I think we've already, you know, we've always shed a lot, shed a lot of light on the subject. Shed a lot of, um, it's no good baking metaphor for this. But uh, the point is, I have a few more questions. <laughs> Please proceed. What, um, <laughs> what is your favorite series of Great British Bake Off? Is it series six, season three? It's, it's really hard for me to pick. 
I I genuinely do love all four of the ones that I've watched. I think season series season three is one of my favorites. I also really like season four, um, mostly for the bakers and also the fact that like I follow all of them on Twitter and like the fact that they all became friends and I think that camaraderie is reflected on the show and then they've also like continued to be in each other's lives afterwards. Do you have a favorite thing that's ever been baked in the show? Oh my god. You don't um, you don't have to qualify just when you think of like cool things that have been baked, what's the first thing that comes to mind? There are definitely I think in this season Paul's bread lion is is very yeah is very memorable people were so intense about that bread we we were kelsey you 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 tore into me the other day because i we brought the bread and i was like yeah it's pretty good and you were like have you ever tried to bake bread jason have you ever even made bread much less made it look like a lion and so many different doughs in the time constraints and all of and every different dough has different ingredients <laughs> and different flowers, which means that it has a different rising and bake time, and you have to calculate all of that. I didn't say it wasn't impressive. It is impressive. It's very impressive. I just got um. You got very passionate about passionate it. Passionate about it. It's okay. You're very passionate about bread. We that know this one, about and you. And I think um, <laughs> you love bread. I love bread. In season like two, uh, Francis, who, spoiler alert, uh, was one season two, <sighs> um. <laughs> was very was super creative with her she got in trouble a lot for um thinking too much about the presentation and not as much about flavor but her presentation was really cool like she made these they had to make breadsticks for a challenge and she made they looked like matchsticks and she served them in a giant match box and for the cookie challenge they had to make a cookie tower so she made all of these cookies shaped like buttons and had them all in a spindle which then fell over it was very sad but season four Series six, uh, the first week that Candace became Star Baker, she they had to make some sort of I think it was a gingerbread house was the oh, final yeah. challenge, and she made a model of her parents' pub yeah. that she grew up in, and um, got very emotional when presenting yeah. the pub, and especially since she then was named Star Baker that week, and she was someone who who like had a lot was a fantastic baker, but had a lot of and she she self esteem issues and she got and, in trouble a lot for like trying to do too much yes and that time they had been like this might be too much mm-hmm. <laughs> but she didn't she and pulled then it she off. pulled it off yeah. and it was because it was it was so personal and then it also also a very impressive bake to the point where like the base of her house was some sort of sticky gingerbread cake because it was like the sticky floors of the bar wow. and it was yeah so that was one that that stuck with me too. I'm going to try to not do what I did in the Sarah K episode and act like I'm just now discovering that poetry can be art. <laughs> maybe baking can be art, too. It can. I mean, I say that uh, facetiously, but it does help me, remind me how the ways in which cooking can be a, an expression of personal experience mm-hmm. in the way that is, it, that is art, watching shows like this. Like, I forget who it was, but someone mentioned maybe Ian um, in, this, in the series we watched, how he was biking and he smelled... A honeysuckle, I think, mm-hmm. yeah, or lavender, maybe it was. Yeah, honeysuckle. But he but he smelled it, and then he like he thought about that, and he included that in his in his uh, his thing, the thing he baked the next episode. Yeah. So he really was taking things from his life and from personal like experience and like sensory impressions he's gotten of the world, mm-hmm. and using those to inspire his baking, which is that's art. Well, I think that was something I learned. It's something that was reinforced by the show, but was something I learned during my first experience working in at 
Sugar Plum, which is the cake shop in Paris, because our shout out Sugar Plum, shout out Sugar Plum, free advertising. <laughs> Hit us up if you want to send us some Plum free cake cakes. Shop. But our the head designer was someone like she went to art school. She had a master's in fine art, and she would make these beautiful cakes with like hand painted designs on them, and all of these like fondant sculptures. In the end, it really was the first time I really started to think about cake as an and baking as an art form and also like when they would hire what they called design interns who would basically be her apprentice like they would sometimes hire people who had little to no baking experience but who had painting or like sculpture Mm -hmm. or like pottery experience and so taking those skills into the well that was like art but working with edible enjoyed watching andrew Mm -hmm. um because he was an engineer engineer, and he like built these like his wheel with the Yes. Oh, my God. (laughs) Anyway. What is your least favorite thing in Great British Bake Off? Occasionally, the dramatic music-filled pauses annoy me, (laughs) although I love the dramatic shots of the bakers staring pensively at their showstopper challenges before they're just... So So good. But the, the, like, long... The, occasionally there are long pauses filled with dramatic music. And I think the reason that it bothers me is because the rest of the show like doesn't lean into those reality TV like tropes. And because the rest of it feels very genuine, the moments where it does feel produced and manufactured like rub me the wrong way a little bit. I am now the only one who's watched any of the new, new, the the new Bake season. Off. Um, the Channel 4 edition. The Channel 4 edition of Bake Off. Bougie Bake Off. I think it does lean into some of those things a little harder. Not like hard, so hard that it's bothersome, but it feel it feels different. Mm -hmm. And I will say that, like you know, we've got two new hosts, one new judge, and Pollywood, as they call them on the streets. Pollywood, the mean streets of Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) We call them Pollywood here. and I love Mel and Sue so much, and they're so great. And it, you do feel the loss of them, but like, you know, what they bring to the show can be filled with other comedians. Mm-hmm. You know, I suppose it's not the same; it's different. But like, I love Sandy Toxvig and I love No Fielding, and like putting them together is so weird and crazy that it kind of works. Mm-hmm. But um, I will say that the show feels the loss of Mary Berry so much harder than it feels the loss of 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 Sue and mel mm-hmm. um because i feel like she she and paul's judging relationship is like so core to that and the new woman is fine and i've only watched like three episodes but she's no mary but Barry. she's not mary Barry. i have no context for this observation but in general the music on this show is very strange <laughs> <laughs> it either sounds like there's often a, there's one track that plays a lot that's sort of a, a single Do-do-do. twinkling Do-do-do. piano <laughs> yeah. and it's so quiet and it, it's it's there's very other, otherwise very little sound going on in, in the great british bake-off so it sounds very eerie mm-hmm. like 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 a ghost <laughs> child is playing like a harpsichord somewhere in a dark room this. i need to look it up it's and, the it's the staring into the distance at my cake music oh. and the music is either that creepy uh you know ghost child music ghost harpsichord child, or, yes. or it segues into this like sort of whimsical like bouncy orchestral music where it sounds like they're at Hogwarts. <laughs> um, well, then so there's also the, the like... Wizard Baker. <laughs> then there's also the like Mr. Darcy's ball like... Yeah. Like 
time is running out music where it's like (laughs) it feels like everyone should put down their spatulas and like do a jig like join the reel or join the reel so jennifer do you have any final thoughts to bring us back around to a positive place at the end of the day the reason i i like it is a because i feel like i learn a lot about faking by watching it so i feel like it is same educational and like like intellectually stimulating but also i just i love all of the bakers and i i get invested in them and in their stories i think because of the camaraderie that exists in the tent i think Um, i think like a lot of british things it it does that simultaneously highbrow and lowbrow thing mm -hmm. really well which i think is one of the reasons that i i love british shit i also think (laughs) in a way it's sort of it is it's funny because it's such a like like an essentially British show but at the same time I think the Brits can sometimes have a reputation for being more like emotionally distant and buttoned Mm -hmm. up and I feel like Bake Off is just so like so like heart on one sleeve like earnest and it's sort of like the opposite of the even though it is about like it's a very very British show but it sort of defies that stereotype of the Brits as being kind of like maybe like cold or like unemotional or like we don't express like we do a golf clap. I see. I see. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think this show doesn't work in America because it's just not American. Mm -hmm. And because they got fucking Jex. (laughs) Jex. Okay. Go again. No, Jex Foxworthy. (laughs) The Star Wars version of Jeff Foxworthy. Jex Foxworthy. Jex Foxworthy. Come on, that dude definitely owns, like, a farm on Tatooine. <laughs> oh, God, I can't speak. I'm a terrible podcaster. Yeah, they got Jeff Foxworthy to be the host, which is not a good well, choice. And I think it doesn't, it also, I mean, I haven't watched it just on principle, but also Obviously. I think because it feels fake. Like, A, I think it probably, it falls more into the trap of American reality TV where it's a bit, like, overproduced and over, like, dramatized and then also because it feels like they're trying to make a copy an american version of this very british show and so it like loses the authenticity that is so compelling about the original british version well and they also do like they do draw from british history for a lot of the Mm -hmm. in british and european history like for a lot of the things yeah like the in they do like victorian stuff and there's victorian week tutor week and actually in the more recent um seasons like in season four series seven um they even have these little like mel or sue will go elsewhere in the uk or elsewhere in europe or in the world to give you a little like history of this dish or this baking technique i would like to warn anyone who is thinking about getting into bake-off do not watch the show on an empty stomach and if at all possible you should make sure that you have some sort of baked good in yes, your house or was, within seamless reach. Or like the stuff to make baked goods because me and Stephanie were watching last week and I was like, I want cake now and we didn't have the right well, but I think to make cake. The thing is like, <laughs> I have stuff in my kitchen to make a basic cake, but when I watch the show, I'm like, I want a raspberry meal foy. Like I want something that is way better than anything I could just whip up in my kitchen. I just make bread. Although I will say I made cake for us. For the recording of this episode. Yeah. Um, we did it in like 10 minutes. Yeah, I made <laughs> mini chocolate fondants because, you know, you can't discuss, as we've said, you shouldn't watch or discuss Bake Off without cake. And it took like 10 minutes. Yeah. 
to make those. So it's a good bake. I've got that. It's a good bake all around. All around right good bake. In my back pocket now. I felt it was like that was my technical challenge for this week. I'll just say as far as my final thoughts go, I like the show. I don't know if I'll continue watching it. But mm-hmm. whenever I come home now and Sarah's watching the new season on Netflix. You will enjoy it. I will, jo- I will enjoy it. Yeah. Now mm-hmm. that I have a better context for it, I will join in and enjoy it if it is playing near me, which I know is not a is, is not a super strong recommend, uh, recommendation, mm-hmm. but I often have a very like almost like instant distaste for any sort of reality show program. Mm-hmm. Like like Sarah occasionally watches MasterChef or any of the Gordon Ramsay shows. I just sort of just try to get away from it as if I can. I don't like this. Yeah, but this I will I will off. I don't know if I'll seek it out, but I will enjoy it if it ever crosses my path again. You... I got I got to say it's 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 fucked up because they made that one episode about biscotti and it made me want to try want to try biscotti again, <laughs> which is fucked up because biscotti is terrible. And I know I would just hate it if I ever tried it again, but they made it's, me want to okay, do I, it. It's I, the I, magic of Bake Off is they managed like, to make biscotti look appealing. Wrapping up, but I have a couple of questions. I wanted to know what everyone's favorite week is and what what, would, what week would you want there to be that wasn't included? Well, I already know what which one you want. Yes, we've discussed it. <laughs> You're setting us up right now. Um, well, no, I want to know what you all. My least favorite. Or least, no, my favorite, favorite week. week. My favorite week. Um, I need like a refresher. For me, it's got to be bread week. Bread week is pretty bread great. It's so good. It's right? got to be bread week. Like, nothing yeah. is top bread week for yeah. me. But my proposal was take the whole tent, move it to Amsterdam for a week. Weed week. I mean. I would watch. I feel like that's the that's the HBO <laughs> version of Bake Off. So I think we're now pivoting from pitching Netflix shows to pitching shows to Vice. I, I mean, they're already <laughs> on it. They're already on it's it. It's true. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. My actual favorite episode was uh, the Victorian episode. Yeah. Because they made raised game pie. That was good. Which is which is a a, a tall meat filled pie that you made to impress your guests in Victorian <laughs> London. Wait, which also, is the most British shit in the world. I also love. I also love the sort of historical weeks because it's like I get Superstars Go and Bake Off all in one. Especially because you've got... And it's Sue. Sue Perkins <laughs> in both. We should also... I don't think we said... It's when we talk about Mel and Sue, that's Mel... I don't know how to pronounce her last name. I have name. no idea how to pronounce Gied, Mel's last name. Gied Royce, Guide Royce, and Sue Perkins. Yes. <laughs> Sue Perkins, one half of the elaborate series of sex games known as Supersizers Go. Yes. <laughs> I'm trying to... Sorry, I'm like looking at a list of all the episodes. I do love Bread Week. Victorian week also had the, the tennis cake they had to oh, make. Oh, yeah! Mm-hmm. I must say, I do like, I always like the patisserie and the pastry weeks, mm-hmm. most because that is a not an area of baking that I have really delved into, and it always makes me make feel tarts. like, maybe I could make puff pastry. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe that's something I should devote my Saturday maybe to. Maybe this time. <laughs> I'll, I'll make, make pastry! pastry. <laughs> Maybe this time it will flake. <laughs> Maybe this time. For the, For the first time. Okay, no, we're gonna, we can't do more than this, so we're going to have to pay them. I'll actually pay. I cannot afford to pay the Candor and Abistate any more <laughs> money that has already gone to them. For the three times Sarah a... saw the visit on Broadway. <laughs> that was a parody, though. It's fair use. Do you have any final thoughts, Kelsey? I um, mean, I loved it, obviously. 
You were expecting to love it. I was so. expecting <laughs> to love it. It's, you were primed to love it. It's British. It's got Sue Perkins. There's cake. Those are like three of my favorite things. <laughs> like three of your top five. Three of my top five favorite things. <laughs> TV show qualities or media qualities media in qualities. general. Cake. Britain. British. Lesbians. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I loved it and I'm going to continue to watch it and probably rewatch it and, and you watch- and husband said you have on your own since i assigned i only assigned you one season but you have watched all of or no I almost all season of season four and season one and i started watching season i guess what will be five mm-hmm. um i'm saving the season two because i don't want there to be no more mary barry and paul <laughs> um, also i also watched bbc some of- why why can't can we please have series one two and three yeah like don't don't it? you want to give us please those? bbc please? i want i want can more. i have some more like i would even like i would pay for those on amazon like i just want bbc to make their content available to america i'll pay for it just make it available to me Really, they're missing out on a, a <laughs> revenue stream there. Because BBC America is not the same thing as the BBC. No. <laughs> it's a whole different channel. So I guess uh, on <laughs> average, Jennifer, this counts as like 1.7 lives ruined. Yeah. So pretty, pretty Which good. Which you're probably winning pretty as good. far as guests. Pretty good. Nice. I, ca- I count that as a, a success. Because Andrew got me, but not him. Mm. But much like... Um, has anyone gotten both of you fully? I mean, I guess technically Sarah has definitely ruined both of our lives with The Bachelor. Like... Literally. Mm. <laughs> Although much like the Great British Bake Off, victory in this competition is meaningless. Yes. <laughs> there are no prizes. There are no it's prizes. just the honor. I don't even get a cake stand. You didn't even get a no. cake stand. You, you made, had to make you us, made us cake. cake. I did. <laughs> so really, you're, you're in the hole on this one. I think I, I will count this as a, a successful ruining, though. Good. A, a successful ruinage, as it were. That, that does sound more British. Yeah. Special thanks to... Danny about of the Weeping Willards for use of their song, Outside in the Rain. She made it British. From their (laughs) self-titled album, available now on Bandcamp.com. Special thanks to Carly Sussman, who designed our logo. You can find her work at Carly-Rose.com. Please rate and review our podcast on iTunes. Please, please, pretty please. If you get the chance, please do it. It'd be great if you could. Recommend it to a friend. Tell a friend all about it. We liked the bake-off. We like so, the Bake Off. <laughs> I, I'm, I think a lot of people like the Bake Off, so maybe they'll like listening to us talk about the Bake Off. Yes. Seems like a, a reasonable, logical progression to me. Tell your friends. Please listen to Andrew Ninja Warrior, hosted by uh, close friends of the podcast, Sarah and Andrew, as they train their mind, body, soul, um, that, that, that and anything else it. they can find. Anything else they, they don't get to eat cake at all this year, so you know. It's true. They're they're sort of doing the opposite of what we're doing. Yeah. Um, Jen, do you have anything you'd like to plug? Kelsey and I have a a blog where we put about being from the South and living in New York. Zelda and Scout. You can find us at zeldaandscout.com and also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, technically Pinterest and Tumblr. Yeah. Um, we don't really update those. So. Zelda and Scout. Mm. I recommend it. It's very good. Jason makes the occasional appearance. I, he you, does? If you go back in the archives, you can find a very weird interview of me that I did before, before, you really before knew I us. knew either of you, <laughs> where I was at a very strange point in my life. You want to redo it? Um, we, I could probably do, use a redo. <laughs> Revisit? Revisit? Just J- folks, the reboot? Jason Edwards revisited. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I didn't say in the intro how I know you. 
Oh, well. I just talked about Kelsey. That kind of follows that if you know Kelsey, I probably know you. This is true. Happy, Happy holidays. Bake. 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 They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. They wish I would go ahead and fuck my life up. Can't let them get to me. And even though I always fuck my life up, only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. Only I can mention me. I mean, if this is the the more innuendo we we make, the the more we are an homage to the Great British Bake Off. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> There's just not so many you can make with a podcast. The reason the innuendo is so good in the British the British baking bro. It's because they're just saying things that are actual British things. Bra- yeah. British baking bro. Soggy, soggy the, gri- the great bro. The great British baking bro. <laughs> An entirely different spinoff. I guess that's really just about Paul Hollywood's early days. <laughs> there, there that's it is. Spin-off. There it is. We got it before we even started recording. The, the Paul great Hollywood Brit- biopic. The great yes. British baking bro. The Paul Hollywood story. <laughs> Him in his younger days. It's it's a six episode miniseries. Good. Okay, we got that out of the way. We can just <laughs> now we can really relax. There we go.